What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Homies Podcast, man. And um, I know I usually am hyped up and I'm excited, man. And because, you know, I love talking to y'all and, you know, I love being here and doing this shit. Uh, but this week is just a little bit different, man. Um, this week is going to be a different show because uh, this week uh, the show is going to be dedicated to the life of one of my heroes, man. And that's Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, as most of you already know, man, him and his daughter Gigi and seven other passengers lost their life in a super, super unfortunate helicopter accident when they were heading to Thousand Oaks, um, California for a basketball game for his daughter. Um, so I first got this news um, last week when we were actually recording our uh, previous show. Um it was on a Sunday. I was chilling. We just got done wrapping up. One of my homies, uh, Marcus, hit me. And he a Clippers fan. So uh, we were about to play the Clippers that Tuesday. So I thought he was just hitting me up just to talk some random shit. So I looked down at my phone and I just see Kobe. So I'm just thinking, okay, this nigga just hit me up just to talk some shit and talk shit about the Lakers. So I just went ahead and ignored it. A few minutes later, uh, I opened the text and um the text just read hey bro kobe died because so i just stared at my phone with a blank ass stare um more in disbelief I thought he was playing but you know it's one of my friends he don't he don't joke around and play like that so started doing searches and i started seeing tmz reports and shit and immediately my whole energy changed and i basically just started crying um, I've only in my lifetime, man, for at least my adult life, I've only cried probably a handful of times, man. And that was definitely one of the times. And, um, this one just hit different and I'm still trying to figure out, um, how to fully put this into words. So if y'all can please bear with me through this episode, I appreciate you. Um, but I didn't want to spend all my time, man, just talking about um, this super, super tragic accident, man. Um, because this man brought so many enjoyable, memorable moments to my life. Um, I just wanted to take this episode to just reflect on those dope ass moments, man. Um, because again, he played a big part of my life. And I just wanted to go back and think of those memories and not, again, this unfortunate, super sad-ass accident. So uh, I just wanted to start from the beginning, man, where it all started. So um, as y'all know, I'm from North Carolina. My father's actually from Philly, and he's a huge sports fan. He always loved hoops and big Dr. J fan, big 76ers fan. Lakers, at the time, he was fans of Laker players like Magic and Kareem, but he was definitely more of a – a uh, 76ers fan. So my dad used to always, this was a 96, I was around like seven, eight years old. So I'm barely getting into sports. I'm starting to play uh, rec leagues and shit like that. So my dad would always tell me about like all the up and coming people that were like, you know, in high school and college, you know, people that are about to go into the pros and shit that are nice. So I can start watching these people. So I can kind of start molding my game after in the best way I can, of course. <laughs> and, um, um and Kobe was definitely one of those first people so back in 96 you know Jordan as y'all know was still the fucking god of basketball shit he's goddamn he still kind of is you know what I mean like and at that time he was on he was in the middle of his second three-peat um so I remember um my dad telling me about this skinny ass kid that went to Lower Marion because my dad again he's from Philly. So he's like, hey man, I've been hearing about this 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 kid that's been jumping up in the rankings, you know, the last like year or two. And he's gonna be ranked number one and he's probably gonna end up going to a college somewhere out here. So I'm kinda hyped, like, oh shit, that's dope. Like you got this this new kid, he's probably gonna be ranked number one in the country. And at the time there was rumors that he was probably gonna end up signing to North Carolina Duke. I was hoping North Carolina, because you know how we feel about Duke around this motherfucker. Fuck them forever. So I was just like, yeah, man, that, that's that was that was dope. And then he gave his announcement in high school that he was uh, skipping college and taking his talents straight to the league, which 
at the time, I know everybody right now is big fans and, oh, yeah, I knew it was going to work out. I remember the ports and shit back then. Nobody had faith in this motherfucker. Nobody thought Kobe was going to actually be nice because at that time, man, the NBA was still a grown man league. Like, people were going to school three, four years in college. You get into the NBA, bro, you 23, 24 as a rookie. Now you got rookies. 18, 19 years old in the league. You know what I mean? So it was it was definitely a different type of game. And back then, Kobe was the first guard ever to go straight from high school to the NBA because, you know, only people that did that before was usually centers and big men because it's like, your motherfuckers are seven feet tall already. Yeah, you could probably fucking make it in the league. You can't teach height. So he was the first guard to do that. And being that it's a guard-driven league, I feel like a lot of people were just like, bro, this dude's a kid. He didn't have a lot of weight on him really at the time. And they're just like, I just don't think he's going to be that nice. And um, and also being that 96, man, is probably, I could probably say it's probably the best draft class we've ever fucking seen. Like, it's, it's probably three draft classes to me that stand out in NBA history. 84, of course, with Jordan and Barkley and all those people. And then you got 96. 96 was deep, bro. We had Kobe. You had Allen Iverson. You had Steve Nash, Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury. You had a grip more people. And, of course, the 2003 draft class was pretty deep as well with LeBron and Wade. But that 96 class was just different, man. And, so it was just already so much talent in that draft class. I feel like a lot of people were just like, all right, man, he's just going to be all right. And um, so his first couple of years in the league, like Kobe didn't even really get to play like that. So I was a fan right off the bat, but it was kind of like weird because I really didn't get to see homie play that much. Um, He didn't really get burned into like his third year or so. Because his first year, his actually second year in the league, he made uh, the all-star team because Kobe didn't get a lot of minutes. But in the times that he would get in the game and he would play, he would show glimpses of like, hey, man, I think this kid, I think this motherfucker might be nice, bro. Like, this nigga out here going at people crazy. This motherfucker out here, he won the slam dunk contest his rookie years. Like, okay, I think this, I think this kid might be okay. But at the time, we had this whack-ass coach named Dale Harris. And he really wasn't fucking with Kobe like that. And the reason why I say he was a bitch-ass coach because he played Kobe uh, back in the playoffs when we had to play Utah uh, back in the 90s, man, and uh, basically just let Kobe self-destruct. He, he's like, okay, so you you think you nice? You think you that dude? I'm going to put you out here at the end of the fourth because Shaq fouled out. I'm going to put you out here, bro. And Kobe shot four air balls in a row, and we lost the game. And I know a lot of people are like, damn, because why you bringing up some fucked up shit that nigga did? I ain't going to bring up a nigga air balls. I bring that up because I feel like that shit played a significant part to how hungry that nigga was and how much more he wanted. Most people, that shit would deflate you and, hey, because I don't really want to play and I'm just going to get gunshot. No. What he said is, hey, man, I got to change my lifting strategies. I got to I gotta get stronger because the reason why I airballed the motherfuckers is because my legs wasn't strong enough in the fourth. I didn't have no push to get that bitch there. And you, and that's why I fuck with people that come back every year and you can see that they're working on their game. You can see they're adding little shit and they're getting better. That's why I fuck with players now like Kevin Durant and Kawhi. Because every year when they come back, you can see they added a little bit of something to the repertoire to make them just more dangerous and shit. Um, so, like I said, the first few years, he really wasn't playing. Um, but by his fourth season, Kobe was averaging a little bit over 20. And, of course, he was on his way to winning his first ring against the Pacers. Um, he didn't really play that great in the series. He got he got kind of hurt, fucked up his ankle and shit. Jalen Rose, you know that story with Jalen Rose putting his foot under his shit, trying to hurt Kobe. That was, that was a fucked up move, Jalen, but I understand, man. We trying to win. I, I get it, baby. you like, hey, I'm trying to get this ring out here. Do whatever I got to do. Um, but Shaq, of course, played like Shaq, and they got them to fuck up out of there, and Kobe and Lakers got their first ring. So... I know, I, and I want to dispel this because I know I, I hear this shit all the time when I hear motherfuckers talk about Kobe and Shaq and, oh, Shaq won, 
you know, Kobe's first three rings. If it wasn't for Shaq, Kobe wouldn't have. This is this is probably true. Like I said, you needed Shaq. But let's not act like Shaq didn't need Kobe. Because Shaq was in the league since 92, and that nigga didn't win no rings either. So it was just like, yes, they needed each other. And by the way, Kobe was fucking eating. On the second run during the season, this nigga averaged 28 points during the season, and he averaged almost like 25 in the finals during the Sixers, which we beat the fuck out of the Sixers 4-1, got him the fuck out of there. And that's probably one of my most uh, memorable seasons because just watching that finals, because, of course, just how much legendary shit happened in that series. You know, of course, Allen Iverson stepping over Teron Lou. You know what I mean? Shaq just fucking baby in Matumbo every other play and just Kobe doing everything. I'm going to guard Allen Iverson. I'm going to go get y'all niggas 20 plus. Whatever y'all need me to do, I'm going to go do that shit. And, and I also feel that being that Kobe was playing in Philly, he was from Philly, and motherfuckers was doing the shit out of him, it just made him feel some type of way. He, You can tell he just played with a different type of a different type of animal that series, man. He was just on some different type of go. And, of course, like I said, we beat the shit out of them, got him out of there 4-1, to one, and and it was cool just watching that shit with my dad because, you know, like I said, he was a big-ass Sixers fan, man. And I was, of course, at that time, I'm like, I'm a diehard Lakers. And just watching my fucking pops just get hyped and see that nigga get pissed was just, like, the funniest shit. And, um, of course, I, I would never forget that series. Um, and also I feel like that series to me established that like Kobe Bryant is here and he's going to be a fucking problem in the league for years. That was like putting everybody on fucking notice, man. Like, yeah, bro, like y'all know what I can do. And once I get these minutes, y'all actually let me do my thing. I'm going to spit. So after that first championship, it was actually a big transition in my life. That's around the time where I, I moved out to Arizona. So I'm thinking, all right, man, I'm moving to Arizona. I'm about to, you know, we we way close to Cali. I'm about to be surrounded by motherfucking Lakers fans. This shit going to be dope. Wrong. Fucking wrong. The closer I got to California, I feel like the more hate for the Lakers that grew and shit, which was weird as fuck because, I again, I didn't expect that. I feel like there was more Lakers fan down there in North Carolina than there were in Arizona. But, um... I feel like that also made me love the Lakers even more. It was like, yeah, bitch, y'all hate us because we nice. <laughs> yes, we don't want you fat. We don't want you punk ass fucking fans out here. No. Yes, let us let us keep winning these rings and we'll keep doing what we do. So when I moved out here, I didn't really have I, you know, I was a country ass motherfucker. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was kind of a loner. Um, until I met my homie Esteban. Uh Esteban was a huge Kobe fan, huge Lakers fan as well. And at the time, I ain't even going to lie to y'all, he was probably a bigger fan than I was because this nigga was everything Kobe. I remember this motherfucker even buying, yes, people, he bought the ugly-ass moon boot Kobe shoes. Yes, I fuck with you, Kobe, and I have a pair of Kobe shoes, the newer ones. The moon boot shits, though, could not fuck with it. This nigga would walk to school every day, try to, like, tiptoe to school to make sure he didn't crease his shit and everything. Like, this nigga was for sure on it. And me and him, of course, we just, we clicked, man. Like, basketball and being a Kobe fan and being a Lakers fan, just, I feel like it just brought our friendship closer together, man. And me and this dude would watch endless amounts of basketball i'm talking endless that's all we would do is just watch basketball then we either go to the park or go in this nigga's backyard and try to do everything we just saw kobe do and like and i'm gonna do a big emphasis on try <laughs> we tried to do everything that motherfucker would do so so it was cool like so it's like at this time it's like yeah man i got my official hero this is the guy now that i fuck with in the league this is the dude i'm gonna be following this is the dude i'm gonna rep um and and it was cool because i was starting to really get into playing basketball a lot more i was starting to you know kind of come into my own i was starting to win championships and do like little city leagues and starting to kind of come into my own so it was cool as i kept playing and watching Kobe 
watching him playing and getting better as well as I was getting better. It was, it was just, it was just dope, man. It was just a, it was a dope time. And it was cool to be able to watch your heroes and to be able to try to mimic them as best as you can. Um, and just watching Kobe, man, when we were younger, bro, it was just like must see TV. Like Kobe, every game, bro, basically gave you something that you were just like, bro, like, I ain't never seen no shit like that before. Like, what the fuck? Like, and like I said, outside of Jordan, I don't think I've ever seen a more dedicated player to just putting in work and just trying to be great, no matter what. Like, and that's another reason why I fuck with Kobe. He was a no nonsense, no excuse type of motherfucker, bro. I don't care if you're tired. I'm tired too. I don't care if you're hurt. I'm hurt too. Get your ass out there and let's perform, man. And I always tried to hold that with me, no matter what sport I played, whether it was football, whether it was basketball, whatever. Um, so, as again, as the Lakers is moving on and rolling, like I said, uh, Lakers won, after they won their third title against New Jersey, like, again, I thought, like, bro, we ain't going to lose shit. Like, we about to win seven, eight titles. Ain't nobody fucking with us, bro. Like, this shit is a wrap, bro. Like, is is all good and then uh after and then certain series that you will watch it was just like again like the sacramento series man when we beat the kings like we knew like bro we beat the kings like we're gonna win the championship that was the road to the championship was harder than some of these motherfuckers championships they actually had to play in and even watching that series was probably one of the also another huge memorable time Cause I remember being at my grandma's house and I have aunts that's from Cali. And at the time they were huge Sacramento Kings fans. And if you are Sacramento Kings fans, you do not fuck with the Lakers. So just watching that series and watching my aunts just yell and cuss shit at my grandma's house at the TV. And I remember when Robert Ory hit that shot after they kicked the ball out, Robert Ory hits the shit at the top of the motherfucking, at the top of the three-pointer. I remember me just running into my grandma's backyard, just yelling like, what I tell you? what I tell you? I told you we were nice. what I say? We're going to win a ring again. And just everybody, just the look of just sheer just disappointment on their face just, just made me just feel so motherfucking happy. And it's, and it's crazy, too, how sports can also relate to your life. I don't know about y'all, like, when your team wins, you just feel better in life. You just feel like shit is just going better. And at that time, shit was just going great, man. Like, nobody can stop my squad. I'm doing good at school and sports, and it was just all good, man, until 2004. So we ran into the 2004 season, man, and again, I'm thinking we just came off of beating the shit out of New Jersey, you know, just out to Jason Kidd and, you know, the motherfuckers, like, beat them four to one. It was child's play. Like, we're not even tripping out here. Then we run into the big, bad motherfucking Detroit Pistons. And these niggas were serious. And they were not playing. And that year, I kind of felt like we were more of a lock for the championship because we picked up, you know, even though they were old as fuck at this time, we picked up Gary Payton and Carl Malone. So I'm thinking like, bro, like we didn't got these two motherfuckers. We still got a lot of people back from the last one. We're, we're not losing. Like nobody's fucking with us. We're not losing. And I was fucking mistaken like a motherfucker because Detroit had that squad that I also feel like Kobe needed. And the Lakers needed. Y'all needed a squad to humble y'all the fuck out because everything was coming so easy, and Detroit humbled us. They had a squad. Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Like, they were fucking stacked, and they were not scared at us of, of us at all. Most teams, I feel like when they played us, you see big-ass Shaq Diesel come on the court. Your ass nervous. Like, I got to guard this big mammoth of a nigga for, for a whole series. You know it ain't happening. I, ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, these dudes had no fear of these dudes at all. And they showed it and they played like it. And they beat us 4-1, to one, bro. Like, again, that 
that shit that that shit hurt me, man. And then after that fucked up loss, you know, Kobe, you know, is going through his own personal issues. And also him and Shaq were starting to go through their things. You know, Shaq like, ah oh, man, I'm I'm I wanna get the fuck out of here because y'all trying to put you know the young nigga as his team, and I still think it's my team. So again, I that was one of those things that I didn't think was gonna happen, but it did, and they ended up, you know, splitting ways and shit. So that shit was like, damn, man, like, goddamn, I think these dudes are going to go on a run, win 7-8, they win 3, and then they, you know, we go to a championship, and then y'all break up. So I was like, fuck, man. And at this time, you know, getting closer to this time, I'm I'm entering high school. So, you know, high school, you know, niggas talk a little bit more shit. Shit's a little bit more serious. And again, being that I'm like the only Lakers fan, and at the time, my other friend Esteban went to a cross-town uh, school. He went to our cross-town rival, so... I had to hold it down by myself until I met my other homie, uh, Josh Wise, man, um, who also hooped with me, and he was a transfer, and he was a huge Kobe fan as well. So, of course, we hit it off immediately, and we used to always hear niggas talking about, oh, nigga, like, uh, Kobe weak or the Lakers weak and all that, and we would just shit on these niggas all the time. Like, y'all niggas don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. No, nigga, Kobe is nice, nigga. He a dunk on your grandmother, everybody in your family. This nigga's cold, bro. So, and at that time, too, me and him were linked up with my other homie, Zach. Me and him, like, we were literally, our life was, we are going to watch a Lakers game. We are going to go to school, watch a Lakers game, and then we're going to go hoop until we're just tired as fuck. And that was our life, basically. And, like, again, it, it was just trash at that time because after Shaq left, our team was just ass. Let's just be real, man. The Lakers was ass for a few years, man. But watching what Kobe was even doing through those years still kept you, like, enamored. Like, what the fuck is this dude doing? This motherfucker out here averaging 35. Again, this is at the time where a league, you know, you see James Harden and shit doing that now because the nigga shoots fucking 20-something threes a fucking game. No, this is a game where it was still slow down. It was still mid-range. And motherfuckers was out there giving niggas 35 in the season, giving them 31. But again, and it's like, we, you know, we're making the playoffs, but we ain't making no big run because, again, we just, we got to ass squad, man. You know, we out here trying to play with niggas like Smush Parker and shit. You know, no disrespect to Smush, but nigga, your name is Smush Parker, bro. Like, the nigga wasn't nice like that. And, and we struggled. And the shit that made it even worse is in 2006 when Shaq won a fucking ring before Kobe in Miami. Like, I fuck with D-Wade. I fuck with Miami. At that time, fuck no. No. I was like, fuck Miami. <laughs> fuck Wade. And fuck Shaq. How dare you go out and win a fucking ring before my man Kobe? And I, I felt like Cove felt that pressure, too, because, you know, the report started coming in like, hey, bro, hey, he got one. You ain't got one. Did we make the right decision? Did we? Uh... And I felt like Kobe felt that shit and how he already was outworking people and how he revved up his shit. OK, I got to lead this squad. This is what I got to do. First, I got to do. I got to get a fucking player here. So, yes, Kobe was like, y'all niggas, if y'all don't get a player here, I'm going to go to Chicago. And from reports of what I hear, Kobe was really goddamn close <laughs> to signing to Chicago. But doing all this shit, you know, him showing his ass, finally we got Paul Gasol in. We started getting some pieces Excuse me. We started getting some pieces in that helped us get back to that level, man. And before we get into that uh, second wave of Kobe, right now we're going to just take a quick commercial break. We're going to go pay some bills real quick. We're going to be right back real quick. So y'all hold it, and y'all come back with me and fuck with the rest of this Kobe show. We'll be right back, man.
Yo, what up? We back, man. Talking more about this Kobe shit, man, and talking more about how he was just such a huge impact on my life. So getting back to us starting to get back nice again and getting back on track and Kobe finally getting the pieces he needed to start making those championship runs again. So it wasn't until my first year of college, the Lakers made it back to the championship. And even though basketball was my favorite sport at the time, I ended up getting a scholarship for football. Um, but still basketball was still my favorite sport and I was still go to run, still play basketball anytime I could. And in 2008, I was hyped because we got not only did we make it back to the championship, we got to play our rivals, the Boston Celtics. So, of course, just because it's Kobe, it's the first ring I want you to win since Shaq. I'm just hyped up. But then on the icing on the cake is that we get to be if we could beat the Boston Celtics on top of that. This shit is just awesome. So. Um, at the time I was living in Tucson and uh, I actually had a roommate at that time that played basketball at U of A, uh, University of Arizona, homie Lucas, which was another big basketball head and he was a big fan. And I think that him and my other roommate, Tom, at the time probably thought I was the craziest motherfucker on the planet because I don't think I've ever yelled and cussed at my TV as much as I watched those fucking, that series. Like, I was never, I just watched them just bully us and just beat us the fuck up. And that shit made me so mad. Like, wasn't that they were more skilled or better? They were just tougher than we were. And Pal Gasol, man, like, I'm glad Kobe got you right, bro, because holy shit, man, like that European shit, that shit was not, I wasn't, that Spaniard shit you was on, I was not fucking with it that series. That nigga KG took your ass to the playground and would just baby in and body you and elbowing you and talking shit every fucking play. And every play, I'm just like, motherfucker, just, just boss up, nigga, get tough. Goddamn, do something. And it wasn't shit we could do, man. And and it was super deflating, bro, like, but you know how Kobe is, man. Like, okay, we lost, especially taking a loss like that to Boston. You already know Kobe, like, again, man, I think he took, like, one week off, they said, and he was right back in the gym getting ready for next season. And, again, the way he came into that season, the way the Lakers came into that next, that 2009 season, you could just tell they just had a focus and a game plan. Like, bro, we are going to make it back to the championship and we are going to fucking annihilate whoever we play in that motherfucker. And, by the way, so this would have been a perfect time for, you know, fucking LeBron to play Kobe and we could have put that shit to bed. All these motherfuckers out here, oh, LeBron is better than Kobe. Stop it. You motherfuckers are goofy, and in no way, shape, or form is LeBron James a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. I'm saying that right now, and you motherfuckers want to get on my comment box, you want to debate this, you don't want to go back and forth, I will gladly roast the fuck out of anybody that wants to have that debate with me. And even y'all motherfuckers want to come on the show, come on the show, and I will roast that ass one time for my man Kobe. No, no way, shape, or form is this motherfucker a better basketball player. And we could have proved that back in 2009. But LeBron's whack-ass Cavs lost to a horrible Dwight Howard-led Magic team. Like, come on, bro. This is who you lost to? You lost to Dwight Howard? Like, come on, bro. So, I wanted the Cavs, which I think most people do want it. I wanted the Cavs-Lakers. But we got the Magic instead. And unfortunately... The Magic had to feel the wrath of last year and what they what LeBron was supposed to get. And this is the famous series where uh even the uh Matt Barnes, shout out to Matt Barnes, shout out to Steven Jackson, all the smoke podcasts as well. Shout out to them and how he talks about in this series. This is the one where he fucking throws the ball hella close to Kobe's face and that nigga Kobe don't move at all. Like, nigga, what you mean? <laughs> like, again, Kobe was just on some different shit. And again, we got them, we beat the fuck out of them the whole series. It was never a time during that series where I was worried and like, man, I don't think we're gonna we dominated from the tip to the end. We beat these niggas 4-1. And 
it was just it was just horrible for them. And at this time, I was already living back in Yuma, and uh, and I remember me and a homie Josh, we would be watching this shit. We would watch this series. We would go to his house again. Me and this nigga at the time, like we were broke as fuck. He had a little ass apartment. I was broke as fuck. I didn't even have a place at that time, and we would literally get our little chains together, get as much fire ass weed as we could. And we would hot boxes, niggas, little ass apartment. And we would watch these fucking series. And I didn't care that I was broke. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care that I didn't have a car at that time smoking and watching the Lakers and Kobe beat the shit out the magic just made me so happy. <laughs> it just made me forget all my worries for a little bit. And, uh, and again, Kobe did his thing in that series. Kobe averaged like 32 fucking points in that series. He was just that guy. You know what I mean? So, so again, we got them the fuck out of there. And again, that shit made me happy because that was also Kobe's first ring that he got, you know, after Shaq was gone. So it was like, yeah, nigga, we can win rings too without your big ass out here. We, we got the rings too. But you know how Kobe is, man. You know that nigga don't just want to, oh, I want to tie with you. And we have the same amount. Fuck that. I want to beat this nigga. I want more rings than Shaq. And, you know, you guys can go back and look at interviews. I don't think uh, Kobe was ever shy about stating that fact that, no, nigga, I want more rings than him. And I'm going to bust my ass to get to it. And this shit was the, it's almost like you couldn't even write it better it was like okay kobe can get his fifth ring and once again we are playing those fucking boston celtics so again man i'm like oh yeah nigga oh oh yes yeah. so we're we ain't losing twice it ain't happening like kobe ain't taking two l's especially to boston ill like no it's not happening and i ain't gonna lie that series made me nervous as fuck though <laughs> Cause some niggas again, still Boston was still serious, bro. And um, but we came out strong, bro. We got the first win, and they and then they came out and won game two. Then we won game three, but then after game four and five, bro, I was nervous because we lost both of those, and I was just like, ah, shit. And not only did we lose, like Kobe played good in the games. Like nigga had like thirty three points in game four. Nigga didn't have like thirty eight in game five, and we still lost. So I was like, shit. Shit, this ain't this ain't good. I, I was like, Kobe out here getting buckets, man, and we still losing. Like, I don't know what else we could do. And he didn't even shoot horrible from the floor. I know motherfuckers like, yeah, he probably shot a million shots. No, he shot 45 to 48% from the floor. Like, didn't shoot bad at all. And we they were just on some other shit. But then we came out, game six. I don't know if we drank Michael Jordan's special, uh, this was the special juice on Space Jam or what the fuck it was. You got that secret stuff, you feel me? And that Michael Jordan secret stuff because we came it, it it looked like like Boston wasn't even ready. It was like we just came out punching. Them niggas was still getting dressed. Like, oh wait, well, hold on, what's going on? Game six, we came out and beat the dog shit out of these niggas by like 22. We just got them the fuck up out of there. Which also I feel like made me feel good because I was like, shit, we about to go into game seven. It's good to show, like, yeah, nigga, we just put 20-plus up on you motherfuckers. So I feel like that gave us a lot of good confidence going into Game 7 because Game 7 was exactly how I expected it to be, and it was a fucking dogfight, and that shit came down to the wire. I think this shit, the score was, like, 79 to, like, 83. Like, close. But, like, I, like, I thought was going to happen. We got that fifth motherfucking ring, and my man Kobe was out here like, yes, nigga, I got five. I got more than Shaq. And yes, nigga, I went to three championships without him and won two. I'm that nigga in L.A. You already you were already that nigga before in L.A., Kobe, but this, I feel like those rings put him on that legendary, you're one of the best Lakers ever type status. You feel me? Like... So it was, it was, and just watching those games, man, and how happy <laughs> those games used to make me, man, and how, you know, I used to I always talk shit about people. I'd be like, damn, y'all need to be getting excited like you won the championship and shit. You know, as, you know, as I'm getting older, I say that shit, but at those times, nigga, I was just as excited like I won the championship. You might as well thought I had a ring on that motherfucker, like, excited. 
And these are the moments, man, that really stick out in my life, man. These are the moments that, again, man, this man just brought so much happiness to my life. He gave me something to model after, like on and off the floor. And um, it, it was just, like I said, incredible to watch, man. Watching a man score 81 fucking points in a game. And that's another reason I fuck with him. Because people think like, oh, it was just a random game that he scored 81. No. He knew. He remembered Jalen Rose. This is years later. Yes, Jalen, I still remember that finals in 2000. You tried to hurt me, nigga. Yes. So guess what? You're going to catch all of this 81, nigga. <laughs> no, I didn't forget none of that shit. And I fuck with people that do type of shit like that. People that have that killer instinct. Like, no, nigga, I'm going to tell you that I'm about to come out and annihilate you, nigga. It ain't nothing you can do about it. You just gonna sit back and catch all these fucking buckets, man. So after that shit, like I said, man, I just, I I went around talking shit to all Boston fans and like anybody that wasn't a Lakers fan, bro, you definitely caught it for, from me. And, and that's probably another reason too. He's one of my favorite players, man. I don't think I've ever had an athlete or anybody that I've argued as much about that I've talked as much about the game when people do the comparisons, you know, I, I get on this uh, blog that I have, you know, shout out Hoop Nation and all the homies out there on Hoop Nation. We go at it all the time talking about Kobe and how good he is and how he compares to other people. And this man always stacked up. Like I said, is is I have not seen in my generation outside of Jordan, I have never seen a player that's as good, as skilled, as talented, and it works his ass off the way I've seen Kobe. I just haven't. And, and to be honest with you, I can't even think of another athlete that I can say in any, in any other sport that I can feel like that worked as hard as Kobe. Like, bro, you you, you tore your Achilles, man, and you, came, you, you hit two free throws, made them, and walked yourself off the court. And it was a regular, it was, you know, you know, playoff game, it was a regular game. But I see people like LeBron or some people like that, and then you catch a cramp in the finals and you got to have the whole team pick you up and wheel you off the floor. It's like different animal, man, different type of person, man. And again, man, I could, I could talk about Kobe for days and days, and we're definitely going to have more talks and more shit about him. But before we get out of here, man, I can't leave y'all without giving y'all my top five Kobe plays through his career, man. So we're going to hit y'all with this ESPN top five, man. And again, these ain't in no particular order, by the way. This is just my top five plays. And again, there's definitely plays on this motherfucker that I'm leaving out. It's like asking a hip-hop head to pick your top five albums of all time. It's really fucking hard to do. And... I'm sure there are going to be people in my comment box saying, nigga, what about this play? What about this play? Like, I know there's hella plays that I'm probably missing, but these are just five that stuck out to me. Um, the first one, bro, of course, is the Denver Nuggets one in 2003 when they're uh, playing Denver at home. Somebody on Denver hits a free throw, and Robert Ory takes this bitch out real quick and just throws it down court one hand. Kobe stretches out like a fucking, like, Jerry Rice on this motherfucker while he has a defender on his hip, catches the shit overhand, boom. While the defender's trying to come steal it with, within literally a blink of an eye, he puts the shit behind his back, uh, takes one dribble, puts it behind his back, uh-uh, and mind you, people, did not travel. Did not travel. Put it behind his back. Now the defender's on this side. Hits to the rim. Reverse dunk on this nigga. And just looks at him like, boy, <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking jumping up with me today? That shit was incredible. Unless you And unless you play sports, unless you play basketball, it happens so fast. And you watch the play, it's just like, oh, it's probably not that special. If you play basketball, you understand how hard <laughs> that shit is. That shit was incredible to me. So that was, and again, these ain't in no particular order. That's just my first one that comes to mind. Um, the second one, of course, is um, it was a regular season joint. It was um, Kobe he hit the game winner against Boston um, during the 2010 season against Ray Allen. 
And I feel like that shit helped us win a championship against them later because it was like that game was setting the tone for what was going to come, you know, later on in June. I think the game was like in January and that shit happened, you know, later on in June. It's like, yeah, bro, just so y'all know, like, I get these buckets. It was in Boston. Time's running out. We down by one. And just just so Kobe-like. Again, not looking to pass the fucking ball. No, it's Kobe time. So Ray Allen, for some goofy reason, thinks that he can guard this nigga. No, Jesus Shuttleworth, you cannot guard Kobe one-on-one. He tries to guard him one-on-one. He's playing good defense. Kobe goes, gets a stop at the free throw line. Kobe gets a little, uh, makes a little move, gets a little space. Uh, we gonna knock down this fadeaway little, uh, this little fadeaway mid range. Game time, game blouses. Everybody in Boston just shut the fuck up. And I used to love that shit with Kobe. And I remember him saying this shit in an interview. He's like, "Yeah, bro, I'd rather hear twenty thousand people get silent than hear twenty thousand people cheer for me." That is the coldest shit <laughs> I think I've ever heard in sports. Who the fuck would rather? This nigga don't give a fuck about your cheers. No, nigga, I want y'all niggas to get silent. I want to take your soul. <laughs> and he took the soul out of Boston because Boston knew what the fuck was about to happen six months later. Oh, we going to get in that ass in the finals. And they knew it, and the Boston fans knew it, and we knew that shit too. So that's my number two player. Um... Uh, uh, let's see, man. Like, I'm trying to think. The number three one, again, man, um, I know this is a Phoenix podcast. <laughs> and, you know, I, I rep and shout out Phoenix, but sorry, Phoenix and the Phoenix says I got to shit on y'all one time right now. Uh, you know, I love y'all, but back in the playoffs in 2006, bro, against the Suns, again, a very Kobe-like moment. We're down. We couldn't advance the ball because of the timeout, so we got the shit at half court. They're doubling Kobe <laughs> somehow, which, again, I don't know who. Again, Mike D'Antoni is the reason why I think you're also a horrible coach, like defensively. A, a defense is part of the game too, bro, that you need to start uh, focusing in on. You just ain't going to outscore motherfuckers all the time. So somehow Kobe shakes loose and gets the ball and it was crazy because if you watch it, it looks like nobody's guarding him because he makes a straight beeline right to the spot that he wants to. He goes right to the right elbow extended. He's like, I want this. This is the shot I want. Pulls up, nothing but cash, and he gives niggas the fucking Jordan one time. Ugh, fist pump. Hey, I was like, fuck Phoenix, fuck the Suns, let's go. And again, back in 2006, as I said earlier, we were trash. (laughs) So I was happy about any type of win. And then we get to the playoffs and Kobe was doing his thing and then hitting that shit just made me, again, light the fuck up. That's one of those moments that made me run around my house like, nigga, did you see what this motherfucker just did? Oh, my gosh. Like... And got the niggas the fuck up out of there, man. And that shit, again, is just typical Kobe, man. Like, bust y'all at the end of the game. Y'all know the ball's coming to me. Y'all know I'm going to take the last shot. And y'all still can't stop me, bro. That is deadly, bro. Number four, man. This shit, again, every time I feel like Kobe uh, went to the garden, he felt some type of way. He Again, he Kobe was very aware of stages and where he's at, and he knows that people want to show. Like, if I'm in the garden, this is one of the most, probably the most popular arenas in the world. I got to show out in this motherfucker. And Kobe never disappointed. (laughs) Kobe didn't have a couple 60-plus games in the fucking garden. You feel me? But this was a a particular play. This was back when... uh, um, Choke coaches out. Latrell Speedwell was still playing <laughs> on the Knicks and shit. So Kobe gets the ball mid range, right right side of the floor, mid range, about three point in mid range. He hits Latrell Speedwell with a couple jab steps to get him off balance, and then he goes baseline. Now you're thinking when he goes baseline, Kobe, where the fuck are you going? 
nigga, you're running out of real estate, bro. Like, you you helping these niggas. Like, you're about to run out of bounds. Some fucking how, Kobe, again, this is 2003. So this is when we're on our, our three-peat run. Somehow, Kobe tiptoes the fucking baseline and does a stupid, retarded, I don't even understand, reverse pump clutch under the basket and dunks on the trail Sprewell so fucking disrespectful it made the niggas on the Knicks stand up on their bench. That's when you know you did some crazy shit when the other team goes, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> what the fuck was that? And again, just like I love when Kobe used to do, he dunked on that nigga and it's just that brief pause that he just looked like what the fuck were y'all niggas thinking right now? And th- those are the priceless moments to me. Like, nigga, did you really think you were going to block that? Or do, like, what, did, what were you thinking, Latrell, when you were guarding me? And that shit was, again, just fucking incredible. And how this dude could contort his body, how this motherfucker would just dunk and do shit out of nowhere was just stupid. And uh, my number five play... I know a lot of y'all going to be like, oh, bro, this ain't really like a really dope Kobe play. And technically, Kobe ain't even the one that scores on this play. The reason why I picked this play, bro, because people that don't play basketball or people that don't play the game that much, of course, always used to say, Kobe's a ball hog. Kobe's Kobe's this. He's a ball hog and all that shit. And I was just like, Kobe's not a ball hog. Kobe's a smart basketball player. If I'm the best player on the team and we're trying to win, it's a better percentage of me shooting and making this shot than some nobody ass nigga. So no, I'm gonna that's why I get paid more. That's why I put in more hours. I put up more shots. So yes, I'm gonna take that last shot. Which again, LeBron, I wish other niggas would do and take that fucking in instincts in as well. So this last one is against uh in two thousand, man. Back in when uh they were playing Portland. So, and then, like, again, so funny that, like, our roads to the finals back then were, like, harder than our actual finals because Portland was, again, niggas was tough. They had Pippen. They had Brian Grant. They had Arvita Sabonis. They had Rasheed Wallace. Like, they had a squad, bro. And I remember that game because they were beating the shit out of us. And, again, I left for a little bit because it was like one of those games I'm kind of superstitious and I feel like damn I'm watching the game and we lose it I need to leave like no this is something's going bad like I, I'm, I'm the nigga I'm the one causing this so we were down by like 15 and we start going on runs Rick Fox hitting shots we show people we knocking shots down we, we making the run we cutting into the lead and one of the most famous Kobe plays at least again for me Kobe's at the top of the key boom dribble Pippen is guarding him, which everybody knows Pippen is a fucking great defender. Kobe shakes this nigga with a uh, left-to-right crossover. Ah-ah! Pippen tries to reach for it. Misses that shit. Get your old ass out of here. Uh. So after Kobe cross him, most people, you cross a nigga. I'm shooting this bitch. I just broke this nigga. No, I'm going to pull that motherfucker. So I'm thinking Kobe about to pull that bitch. And... He sucks in the defense because they have to now, after he shook the fuck out of Pippen, now he have to have his help side come over. And as soon as help side come over, I see Kobe throw this floater. And I'm like, that's a weird shot. <laughs> nigga's probably going to airball. What the fuck is Kobe? Like, in a second, I'm thinking all this. Like, this nigga's about to airball, bro. This is not about to be good. And then you see big-ass Shaq Diesel out of nowhere just, ah! You see Shaq throw up his hands, oh, and it was like, they, they you know, celebrate real quick, and that shit was like, to me, that showed to Kobe, I don't care about taking the last shot, I want to win. I don't care what I gotta do, yes, if I, if I can't be the hero, then I'm gonna make sure, we're, we're gonna win this motherfucking game. And that goes back to, again, people like, oh, Kobe don't pass. And, yes, man, that's a clear example. Yes, that man does pass. And he was open after he crossed Pippen. He could have took that motherfucking shot. 
He definitely could have. But he knew, no, nah, let me get it bent down to Big Shaq Diesel because that shit is a for sure go. Because <laughs> that nigga ain't missing no ducks. So, again, it was just like, it just, again, it's those things that solidified to me. Like, this dude is cold, man. And, and like I said, and what he did on just both ends of the floor, bro. Like I said, not only does this guy get you buckets, this guy go clamp up your number one. He's a nine-time first-team all-defense. Like, this dude was cold in every aspect of the game. Mid-range. I could shoot the long ball. I can get off awkward-ass shots. I could dunk on your favorite player. I can, and I'm so detailed. I know stupid shit. Like, yeah, man, how many people have read the fucking NBA rule book front to back and know that, oh, yeah, referees got to sit here and this referee has to sit here. So there's dead zones on the floor where these motherfuckers can't see. So those are going to be the spots where I grab niggas. And that's going to be the spots where I can get away with a little bit of shit. Even shit like that, you don't hear players being that detailed when it comes to shit. And that's, again, what set Kobe apart, man, his attention to detail and his grit and willingness to win, man. Like, it, it was unmatched, man. It was like no other, bro. And, um... And it's it's crazy, man. Just and also being a huge basketball fan of myself, just knowing that I'm probably not gonna ever feel that excitement again. Um Yeah, that shit kinda like bones me out. But um like I said, man, I, I could talk about Kobe all day. But we gotta we gotta get up out of here. But of course before we leave, man, again, we always just like we rep Nip, we always gonna be repping Kobe on this fucking podcast, man. As y'all see, man, right now, you know, this shit sits by by your boy every motherfucking, every show. You know, he right above me, right here, every show. Kobe, man, you always are going to be loved here, bro. You always going to be fucked with here on the Homies Podcast, bro. And I just, uh, oh, man, like I said, it's just hard to say, man. I just want to, um, I just want to thank Kobe, man. Just thank you, um. For just giving me great moments in basketball, man. Like I appreciate it, and condolences, man, to you know to Kobe Bryant, to to his family, you know to Vanessa and to the rest of the kids, and to the other families that were affected that was on board, man. Um, and just man, just the whole city of L.A., bro. Just y'all stay strong, man. And um, if you do got loved ones, you have people, friends, families that you fuck with. Please tell them that you care about them, man, because tomorrow ain't promised to nobody. Money and none of that shit don't matter. So, again, Cole, man, we love you. I appreciate you, man. And, again, y'all, thank y'all again for listening to the Homies Podcast. We love you. And please subscribe next week, man. And uh, we'll see y'all back here again next week. And, again, man, we love you again, Cole. See y'all next week, man. Peace. (laughs) 